Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and go to whatever podcast app you use and hit that subscribe button. If you like to watch podcasts, we have a YouTube channel as well. Go check us out there and leave some likes and some comments and get in on the conversation. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about Raised on the Radio. Raised on the Radio has a promo code for one of the best nutrition and supplement companies in the business for you to use. We seriously use a lot of their products. In today's world, it is tough to navigate through the craziness that is the supplement industry. It's also easy to get caught up in the cool labels and promotion instead of really knowing the ingredients in the products and the quality of the product. With True Nutrition, whether you're looking for a custom oatmeal, a multivitamin, a great tasting protein that you can order by the pound, or simply looking for a company you know you can trust to send you the best quality products available, they have you covered. And is if you needed another reason to buy your protein from them, they now have all sorts of these boots that you can add to your protein. I'm actually reading this off of the recent protein tub that I ordered. Caramel Macchiato Whey Protein Isolate Microfiltrated with Probiotic Boost, Super Greens Boost, Multivitamin and Mineral, Essential Amino Acids Boost, and Lion's Mane Mushroom Boost. And it still tastes phenomenal. So go to truenutrition.com, look at all of their great products, place your order, and when you go to make your payment, type in CEPN in the promo code box for 5% off of your entire order. You will not regret it and you'll never have to question the quality of your supplements again. Raised on the Radio's listenership continues to grow with every episode. We are always looking for great sponsorship and collaboration opportunities. If you or anyone you know has a business they are trying to grow and want to jump on board with us, email us at raisedontheradiostl at gmail.com. We would love to connect. If you would like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach out through email or on the social media. You can reach us at raisedontheradiostl at gmail.com or on the Raised on the Radio's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok pages. We also have a new website where you can find all of our content. Head on over to raisedontheradiostl.com. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or topics you would like to get our thoughts on, don't hesitate to reach out. Hey, everybody. Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am one half of this show. I am Colt Brocato, my good friend Patrick Blair in Zoom Lane, as usual. It's a glorious Friday evening. Um, so what's what's up, man? How was Point Fest? Uh, it was it was good. The The lineup was good. Papa Roach put on a great show. And they were j- your favorite. I think so. We jetted a little early. But I, I'll tell you this. Um, as far as like the actual show part highly highly suspect puts on a a crazy good show i'm glad you brought that up now i don't want to get too off topic because there is something else we need to discuss that happened during that day but so like i've always not been a fan of that band and Uh, i'm I'm not necessarily uh uh, hold on go ahead how many members are there in that band oh man uh at least okay from what i saw six i think maybe maybe more six Four. From what I saw in pictures of them playing live at that show, I saw four. Now, I thought they used to be a three-piece, and the skinny guy who never likes to wear a shirt was the lead singer. But now they have a chubby guy as a lead singer. 
Um, apparently that's the same guy. No way. Here's why I know this, because while I was sitting there, a good buddy of ours was sitting next to me, and he said, uh, that guy's put on some weight. No and, way. Yeah, and I said, uh, and I, I didn't really know what he was talking about because I haven't followed the band enough to know what the lead singer really looks like. He said, yeah, he's put on a lot of weight. And I made, So did and, they add another skinny guy who looks identical to him to join the band? I don't know. Like I said, I don't know enough about the band to know this, but I had made the the comment saying, well, apparently he's hitting all the fast food joints on tour. And he said, yeah. And then the funniest thing about that whole thing is that he was wearing shorts that said ice cream. And I just thought that was hilarious because <laughs> we're talking about a guy who apparently gained a crap little weight. And I was like, he's literally wearing shorts that say ice cream. <laughs> but yeah, apparently it's the same guy from what I hear. I don't think it is, man. Okay. Like, we don't need to pull up pictures of them. It doesn't matter. I was just curious because I, I don't pay attention to that band. I've never liked them. Um, I just they, don't. They they property. put they put on a great show as far as the live show and as far as the inner the energy of the band goes. He doesn't have a whole lot of energy. He kind of just walks around the stage. But all the songs are like ten minutes long, man, and it's oh, all more talking than anything. Like I don't. That's. It's it, a nightmare. Yeah, it's not my... I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah. I will tell you this, and I know you're going to hate me for it, but Hailstorm, her voice is ridiculous, dude. And the fact that she can do that day in and day out is insane. Mm. Yeah, again, not for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to hate. Yeah. I've, I've seen them plenty of times. i played with them. Yeah. Uh, and then you also had the struts on main stage, which was... it. They're interesting. Um, they are from G- Germany. Is that right? I don't remember. I don't remember where they're from. He he was very was he was very eccentric, like a like a David Bowie type. Okay, so that automatically means German or no? I'm just trying to think of. They told us where they were from, and I forgot. <laughs> All right, now I'm gonna look it up. And if you're <laughs> way wrong, then we're gonna edit it out. <laughs> nope, keeping it in. They're from the UK, and that's what I kind of figured as soon as you said it. But okay, we'll let that right. Okay, not a big deal. Close enough. Yeah. Same same continent. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Who's your least favorite band of the day? Um, well, probably a side stage band like maybe The Warning. Don't I don't know who that is. Probably I didn't either. Um, you know, Brook Royal though. We got there right as Brook Royal started, and they sounded really good. Which I'm really, which I'm really happy for, and our, our buddy Al Coretta sounded awesome too because he did a lot of vocals. Al's Al's the man. He is the man. He's made me sound tolerable for many, many years. So, <laughs> in more than one band. So yeah. Now we didn't. You, I know. You I know. Sound I'm surprised that they sounded so good. They've always sounded good. I know they. I know they do. I just. I haven't seen them. I mean, they haven't played in a long time. And I haven't seen them play in a long time, and I, I miss it. I wish I could see them play more. The only band that we talked about, Yellow Wolf, on the show last time, and I, we didn't actually st- watch any of it. We actually bailed and got some food because they were the last band on before before main stage. And I don't know if we've talked about this before or not, but it's got to suck to be the first main stage band. It's terrible. Because the side the last side stage band always runs over by like 20 to 30 minutes which runs over the first main stage band. So the main stage band doesn't even have half the crowd 
there. Who was and the first people, band? The Struts. Yeah, it, and it's light out and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's terrible, terrible spot. Yeah, but overall, it was it was a good day. It was a good show. So the warning was your least favorite. From what I've seen, yeah, I think. But like, we didn't, didn't you we, say that New Year's Day was on the sh- the lineup too. They were. Not we, a fan. Um, I mean, maybe if they sang, if it wasn't all tracks. You know, isn't it crazy that like two months ago you didn't even know what tracks were, and now it's the only thing you notice. Yeah, when you th- yeah. Band. Thank, thank you for fucking me up on that. That's great. Sorry, man. I, I really I shouldn't do that to people who aren't in the know. But did Hailstorm use tracks? I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. So New Year's <laughs> Day uses heavy tracks, is what you're saying? Uh, for the most part, yeah. I, I bet at least eighty-five percent of their show was tracks. They're on the heavier side, right? They are. Yeah, she does a lot yeah, of screaming. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I wonder who they're on tour with. They were on Point Fest. They're probably who they touring with Papa Roach or something. I don't make think. Sense. I don't. Maybe. I. I don't think yeah. so though. Um, because they usually buy tour packages for that. You know, well, Point Fest, but festivals like that in general, they buy a tour package so they get a couple bands. Yeah. Uh, I wonder who they're on tour with. I'm not gonna look it up, but yeah. <laughs> I don't care that much, but yeah, I could see them using a lot of tracks. They strike me as a band that would, but again, everybody does. Yeah. Another, sorry, a, another, really another comment that you made, which still, it, it blows my mind. And you, you said after seeing pictures that you understand now why it's blown my mind so much, but you know, you, you said several times that when you played the local stage at at Point Fest, you never played for like less than a thousand people. And you said no, you've seen pictures never. of Point Fest this year from the local stage and it was a ghost town. And we walked by the local stage once and it was a ghost town. There was hardly Can anybody Can I tell you the there. first problem? I'm listening. They're still calling it a local stage. We need yeah. to stop that. Yeah. Let's just stop it. Let's just call it a stage. Give it a, give it a, give it a cool name and let people cruise by. Because I'm telling you, that's what's making people not walk over there. Now. But well, yeah, but also the fact that they know it's local. But also, who, like, how many people are actually walking that direction? You know, and the reason why I say this is because as soon as you walk in the gates, on your right are the two sure. side stages, and then straight ahead, or you know, and to the left of those is the main stage. You could stay there all day long, and then you could walk around the backside of the main stage to get to the bathrooms and to get to the food and everything and never once pass the local stage during the day. The local stage is off on the other side, yeah. basically way out in the middle of nowhere. Um, it was the same stage setup that I played and I played for a thousand plus people. So, so let me ask you this. When you, there are a couple of, a lot of many things have changed, but I think the first thing they need to do is stop calling it a local stage. So when, when you played that stage at point fest, was it a lot about you guys selling tickets? Kind of like if you were playing pops or something like that or no, like, did you, did you, it wasn't, it was just, you guys had a following or was it just that the bands were more popular, I guess at that time? I don't, man, I don't know. I, I, I <laughs> something has I happened. Know. Something has wanna, definitely happened. Something has happened. And I don't want to know. I don't necessarily want to give you my real feelings on this. Cause I don't want to insult. I don't want to insult anyone. 
what I know is this. Well, look, I, I, I don't know if bands were more popular then. I, I'll tell you that the music industry was different. So there were a lot of bands who were grinding and grinding, and they really thought that they were going to get a record deal. So they treated every show like this is it. Now, I'm not saying that bands today don't do that. And I don't know why I'm saying this. I'm still an artist and I still, but like, I'm not saying that bands in St. Louis today still don't do that. But from what I've seen, I don't necessarily think they do. Well, that's okay. kind, of, that's kind of why I'm asking, like, you know, when you guys did pop shows and stuff, a lot of times you guys were out there grinding and trying to sell tickets and stuff like that. Now, we and were. I, you, yeah, and, we okay. were. Okay. All right. But, you know, and now I see, I think it was also a time where we didn't really have social media too, or not near as much, at least maybe in my space or something like that. But now I, it just seems like and I'm not going to name any bands specifically, but it just seems like a band will put out on Facebook, hey, come see us at the Pops local stage at Point Fest. And no one shows up. And there may be six likes on the, you know, on the post or something, and, and that's well, it. Well, that's indicative you know? of that band, not the scene, necessarily. That's true. That's true. But... I'm just saying, is that as far as they've gone to reach people to get them to the show versus how you guys would do it back then. I don't know. We got to, we got to bring some guys on and ask them. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know. I know that social media is and can be a crutch and people think that it's good enough. It's a good enough marketing tool. So, and I, I saw this, you know, uh, some of the last few shows that I've played when we were, we were selling tickets and a lot of bands were just, they were posting every once in a while about it. I know they weren't working hard to sell tickets and their sales showed, you know, I, I, I've, I, I was, I was taught very early on by some of my favorite bands from this area that if you're worth of shit, you can fill a place. Doesn't matter what you sound like. Doesn't matter what kind of band you are, what genre. It doesn't matter where you're from. If you know how to work hard and you come across as likable and you put on a good show and your music is good, and I say good meaning someone's gonna like it. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. You can fill a place, regardless of the size. That's how I was trained. That's how I was taught, and. That's what I tried to work for. I was very dissatisfied with low ticket sales, regardless of where we played. I was very dissatisfied with playing in front of 30 people. It's happened. I've done it, but it's not, I mean, it's fun, but it's not as rewarding as playing in front of a thousand. Right. And anyone that tells you that it is, they're lying. It, that, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. It just doesn't. I don't know, man. I, I really, do, I can't use, I can use other people that I'm friends with who I know work hard and who I know. Uh, well, Brooke Royal is a perfect example of guys who really busted their asses to fill places when they played it and they didn't rely on anything uh, other than their hard work and other than like busting their asses to get people in the place. And, and, and so like, but and I say that like I'm a bad example just because like the first Point Fest I ever played, not the first one, the second one. The first one was with a very old band that I was in that. Um, but like we, it was our third show 
as a band. <laughs> and we played for like over a thousand people. And we were added to the show late. It was a favor. And the whole stipulation was we had to do the battle, the next battle, you know, next battle we had to do if we were given Point Fest, which we did and we won and then we played again. And But that was a, that was a, that was a, a lo- the local stage is what you guys played, right? Yeah, we played again. See, you keep doing it. Well, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm, do- I'm, doing, it, I'm doing it on purpose just to specify what stage I'm talking about. So the reason why I say that is because so my, let me hold on before, before I forget, because this is the whole thing. You, see, you said like what's changed. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I honestly, I don't know. No one knew, no one knew who we were. Yeah. But yet we had a thousand plus people watching us. Yeah. And you can see there's a video on YouTube of us playing at yeah. that show. I've seen you it. can see people walking by and stopping and staying, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. I can't, I'm trying to recall like the lineup on that stage that day. Like if there was somebody who was like a showstopper, like people were, but you know, I think every band on that stage that day was good. That was Brooke Royal's first show as a band or first, like one of their first shows. Um, trying to think of who else was on that stage that day. I, I, I don't know. So did you, it was just a, did you play that stage with killer me, killer you? Mm-hmm. Okay. The, yeah. That was the, okay. That's the band. The, so, did you play a side stage for Point Fest? I know you did for upper. Times, I know yeah. you did for upper tour. Okay, so what what moves you from that local stage to a side stage? Just popularity, well, or um, yeah, sure, definitely. <laughs> Us specifically, we like I said, we got put on the local stage. I hate calling it that. We got put on the pop stage. How about that? Okay. We got put on the pop stage. We played it. And again, the stipulation was we had to sign up for the next battle. We did. We won it. Then we played the side stage, opened the side stage. Uh, After that, we played the pop stage one or two more times. I think maybe two more times. Again, both of which just tons of people. There are videos from those shows too. So like you can... You can fact check me on this. And then we got put on the side stages. Yeah. Just, I guess out of popularity. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we got paid, which yeah. is pretty bizarre Yeah, to like go collect a check from live nation. Oh, really? Playing. Yeah. Yeah. It was very, it was a very surreal moment. Yeah. For, I walked into the offices there because I was the most sober one, believe it or not. And um, it was very surreal to get paid to play a festival that you grew up going to and had played so many times before. And, you know, you just play and you hope that people enjoy it. Um, I just, yeah, the I, transition from pop stage to side stage. Yeah. Popularity. I mean, inimical done it several times. Yeah. You know, they didn't, I know they battled early on, but no, they just got, they got put on it because they're a popular band. Yeah. Well, I, so, I mean, I was, you know, I guess I'm just thinking of like the progression from uh, the pop stage to a side stage to a main stage. Cause I'm thinking about years ago, I mean, probably 10 years ago going to point fest and Papa Roach was on a side stage. And I remember him saying, get me to the main stage next year. You guys need to tell the point we want to be on the main stage. 
Yeah. And I, you know, I don't ever see him being on a side stage again. But I'm also thinking about when Point Fest was supposed to happen in May this year. Uh, there was a big controversy about uh, when the storm was coming in because Jelly Roll was originally going to be on the the first band on the main stage, I think. Yeah. And they had moved him to the side stage. Um, and er- but everybody was like so pissed off that they were going to move him to the side stage. Like a side stage is a lesser stage. But uh, I remember like seeing I'd on social. Play the side yeah, stage. I, I remember seeing on like social media. Tony Patrico from the point got on there and said, "Guys, trust me." Jelly Roll is going to be a guy that you would rather see on the side stage than the main stage, 100%. especially as the first band on main stage. Which, of course, that that ended up not happening, and then Jelly Roll got was not on this, you know, the rescheduled Point Fest, which kind of sucks. Because I would like it look, like to have seen his performance, but still, it's just it's interesting to 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 think about the the progression from one stage to another to another. But I've seen, man, I've seen some crazy point fest too. You know, back when they used to do like thirty bands for thirty bucks, right? I mean, I don't know if they, like, I don't know what what's happened since then. I, I guess, like how how it was how it was they were able to get like thirty bands to come and play. And I remember, uh, I'm trying to, I, I mean, I don't know what years these are because they all like meld together, but. I remember bands like when Sum Forty One played. They they did, it mm-hmm. wasn't even a side stage. It was like a middle stage mm-hmm. in the lot, and people were like st- sitting on top of buildings and stuff, watching them play. And yeah. it was it was nuts. Do you remember the band Say Anything? Of course. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Because they, I'm pretty sure they played that same one. I think Smile Empty Soul was on that. Yeah. Bill also. Yeah. yeah. That was a tons good, of bands. We, we've gone through these lineups show. before. I'm sure, man. Show. I'm just thinking, man, yeah, yeah. I wish I, I wish Point Fest could be as good as it, it was then. But. Well, look, man, I think it still is good. I think those were just different. Like I said, the music industry was different. The point was different. They were a different company. Sure. You got to think. They were owned by a different company during those those years. Yeah. Uh, again, back to St. Louis music, I, I I don't know. I honestly don't know what's changed. But the, you know, the thing we've talked about before is that it's not just like the pop stage at um at Point Fest. It's like pops in general when they do the battles and stuff like that. It's you know, I, I just Oh, they're nothing like they used they're to be. They're nothing like they used to be. And I just I I don't you know. You say it. that, and you've never been to one where it was packed. No, but I've seen the videos. Yeah, you know of how, of how packed it was, and to think that holy shit, that was a battle for Point Fest show. Yeah, you know, and I've been to a battle of Point Fest show in the past couple of years where I bet there was eighteen people there. Yeah, maybe. Did you go? Did you go when I was in Monsters and we battled the final? No. Okay. No, I think I've only been. To, was, I think I've only been to one battle. Okay, I mean a, that one was yeah. packed. Yeah, and I, you know, it was very. It was, it was so. It was funny because we, we getting in the weeds here, but whatever. We uh, so we didn't. We had for many years as a band, we're like, we're never gonna do that. And I personally was just like over it. Like, yeah, guys, it would be cool to play Point Fest, but they're not gonna just put us on it, no matter 
if we had found a way to be on the radio and we had some things cooking, but it was just like, you know, I had connections and other people had connections and we were, we were exhausting them a little bit. Like just being like, Hey, if you need the band, we'll do it, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I finally was to the point like, guys, why don't we just, it, it would be very beneficial for us to not only do the battles because we know that we're going to work hard to bring people. If the other bands don't, they don't. At least it'll prove to people that we can bring people to a show mm -hmm. and we can move some tickets. So I go, at the very least, we can do the battles. We can sell a lot of tickets. We can prove that we're able to do that. If we win, then we're, we're, we're set, you know, then we're, you know, we're a part of the bill. We're on the flyer, we're, whatever. So the second to last round or whatever. So you have like two finals, I guess, is I've, from what I'm remembering how they did it. Uh, there was a band that sold like 350 tickets, you know, which for those shows is insane. It's just like, what the fuck? And we, you know, we were like, Jesus Christ. And, and the whole point is like, if you sell the most tickets, you get to pick when you play and what stage you play on. Typical battle bullshit. Can I, can I, ask, and we were always can, like, can I ask one question? Yeah. Do you think any bands ever bought a bunch of tickets on their own and gave the tickets away? Okay. That was going to be my next point. So oh, I think I'm sorry, my bad. Band, <laughs> I think this band, I think this band did that because there were definitely not 350 supporters of them right. there when right. they played. Yeah. Which is fine. You know, they were more concerned with picking their time slot and whatever. No big deal. Uh, we were never really concerned when or what stage we played on. Not a big deal to us. So that particular show we sold i want to say they sold 350 i think another band sold 250 and we sold 200 maybe which again if you're a local band you need to move at least 100 tickets to a show yeah you have five people in your band that's 20 tickets a person that right. ain't shit right 350 really shouldn't be that that impressive yeah. to anyone right but for for that time period given what had gone on with the battles and everything that was like a big deal. I was, so, I was just thinking like, you're saying, you know, you, if you sell the most tickets and you get to, you get the opportunity to choose like all this different stuff because of it, everything, you know, if you can, if you can move 200 tickets and you buy 150 of them just to give away, then you kind of, I mean, I think it's cheating the system a little bit, but you have to think that they would know that bands could probably do that too. Oh, they know. I mean, it's very evident when bands do that. Yeah. No, yeah. but for us, I was like 200. We were thinking, oh, that's solid. You know, we were, you know, we wanted to do more, obviously, but nonetheless, we go, fuck. Oh, yeah. So we're at the point where we're picking and our options were either play at the end of the night on the big stage at Pops, or you can open up the smaller stage, right? Uh -huh. Which means you're the second band to go on. Okay. So like a band plays on the main stage first and then we would be so we we chose that and people were like what are these assholes doing why do they want to play so early instead of playing on the big stage like everybody's like i want to play main stage i'm not playing that side stage we didn't give a fuck and it was so funny i remember uh so we get that slot and so now the, we're like calling all the people or a lot of the people we sold tickets to being like hey uh we're playing at 7 30 so you might want to hustle and I remember calling Bon 
And I was like, yeah, dude, uh, just to let you know, I, I know you're going to be here eventually, but we're playing second. I, I know you don't, I know you've seen me a thousand times, but I'm just letting you know. And then, so he was actually there and he, I see him like later on and, and he grabs me. He goes, wait a minute. Do you mean to tell me that you guys chose to play second? <laughs> I was like, yeah. He goes, Jesus Christ, man. I go, yeah, we don't fuck. What the fuck? What the fuck? Who cares? It's not going to change the way we play. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. But yeah, apparently people were like, we can't believe. Well, we also had a stigma about us where people thought we thought our shit didn't stink. Right. So I was kind of like, yeah, guys, we, we're not better than anybody here. What the fuck do you think's going on? Yeah. My whole point of telling that story was. Even then, there were bands that were still trying to move tickets. Now, the band that sold 350, they didn't sell 350, but they brought a lot of people. Yeah. You could tell. Yeah. I don't know, but that's fuck, how many years ago was that point fast? I mean, that's when Chris Cornell died. So yeah, that was a long time ago. And yeah, several years. That's the last one I've been a part of. Yeah. I'm thinking about back to monster too. I don't, I think I only seen you guys play once. Block I, party it, or something. No, it was the, the, the fire. No, I, I, I lied. Sorry. I, I forgot about the block party. Uh, outside of the block party, I think I only seen you once, which it was the firebird. Did you guys play with hard loss at the firebird once? No. No. Okay. Maybe that was a different show no. then. Okay. No, we never play with them. I don't okay. think I uh, will, but I definitely, I, have... I definitely seen you at the firebird though. Yeah. So who was the, who was the St. Louis opener at this one? Was there one? The St. Louis opener, like the first band to play on side stage. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. I don't. The Richters or one of those bands that got canceled all those times? Maybe. Or they already play? They they played on side stage, but we did, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't remember what the lineup looked like. Because like I said, we didn't get there until Brooke Royal played, which was like 2.15. Gotcha. Well, well, I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, it was fun. Oh, New Year's Day. So New Year's Day. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> man, we really got in the weeds there. New Year's <laughs> Day. I'm sorry I ruined the tracks for you. It Don't let me forget, but, you know, it's funny. You talk about the tracks, and it's like, you know, you and a lot of people don't ask questions about it. And I just keep looking back at videos or just keep seeing videos because people are on the Internet are talking about it, and they also don't know what the fuck they're talking about but of post Malone falling through the stage and the vocals just continue. Yeah. And all the comments of all the videos and all like that went viral. No one is asking that question. No one's bringing it up. Yeah. It's almost, I know in the pop world it's expected, but post Malone can sing. Yeah. People know that he can sing. Right. So like the fact that no one goes, Hey, wait, why are the, what happened? Uh, It's just funny to me. I, I, I'm not hating on him. Uh, you know, which in you know if if we were talking about twenty years ago, and we were and we had this conversation, I would be like you know well maybe people are just like trying to be nice about it because the dude got hurt. But now in the age of social media, I'm like, how is it possible that people aren't talking about this? Because people don't give a shit on social media. I'm oh, I'm, surpri- I'm surprised. Unless people just don't care. Maybe I don't I don't know. I think well, like I said, I think it's expected with pop music. I don't think people mind all that much. I think they want to see the spectacle of their favorite pop artist and the hit songs. So I guess he fits into that, you know, with rock bands. I think it, it, I think it goes 
very much unnoticed. And I don't think people are talking about it. I think people are starting to, but I'm sorry for ruining it. No, it's all good. I, I'm, but I'm, I've been talking I'm, about it for a long time because I've played with bands that use them. Uh, vocal tracks, that is. You know, I mean, to, to, I, to me, learning as much as I have from you as far as like the music industry goes and stuff like that, it actually kind of gives me more of a respect towards bands. Not, not that I don't respect bands who um, use tracks. I definitely do. Uh, but I don't know, kind of more of a respect for bands that I know aren't using tracks. Especially if they have a a really good performance and a really good show that they put on with it. Yeah, I mean... And it may be more few and far between now these days that people aren't using tracks versus who is. I don't don't know. Yeah, I... All of the bands that I like, for the most part, use them. Now, I'm not saying vocal tracks. Vocal tracks are a whole whole nother issue for me. I think if you have background vocal tracks, that's fine. You know, those have been those have been in existence for a very long time, even in rock music. But lead vocal tracks, it's like, man, uh, it's a slippery slope for me, you know, as a singer. You know, and I've been with people, like I said, I was at that Day to Remember and Beartooth show. And I was with a couple of people who are in bands and who do sing. And they're like, dude, if I were on the road every night right now, I would need them. And I'm like, well, I guess, you know, I guess, but I always look back at, you know, Alexis on fire is one of my favorite bands ever. And, you know, they went away for a couple of years and this is, I mean, this is so long ago at this point, but they went away for a couple of years and they came back and they played uh, Reading in 2015. It's like a huge deal. A, because they're very popular. Uh, in the UK, but also because they, you know, it was their, their comeback. And I just remember going, they have two really amazing singers and a screamer, zero tracks, zero tracks, but that music was intended, or I'm sorry, that music was recorded with the intent of not having them. Meaning when they recorded those songs that they played at the show, tracks weren't really a big thing. So they weren't a band that was going to use them. Yeah. Now, they're back a little bit and they've played some shows and uh, there's new stuff. Could they use them? Sure. I would say maybe not because of the type of band they are and the type of integrity they come from being like, you know, you know, I'm just going to call them punk. I know people won't say that they're real punk, but I call that they're punk to me. Okay. You know, being punk rock, like I think they would probably go, no, 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 we're not going to use that. We're just going to, you get what you get out of us, right? Right. I use them as an example of a band who came back at a time when they were being used and it fucking sounded awesome. So they proved that, like, look, if you're good at what you do, you can make it work without them. Right. I can still see how the, the, like, it could, each night could vary on if you actually need them or not. Now, I don't know if bands just decide, listen, we have the tracks, we're going to use them every night. Or if they, you know, if the singer is having an off day or some throat issues or something like that, that maybe they would use them then. And I don't know why this this popped in my head just now, but I wonder if it changes based off of where you're playing. 
Like if you're in an open venue or you're inside. And I also wonder if like it matters if altitude matters. So like if I if I were to go play a show in Colorado right now that's going to be like a lot higher altitude, it's going to be more difficult for me to put on my performance, which is going to put a strain on my voice. I wonder if using tracks would be better off to do then. Yeah, fuck that. These are just random questions. I'm just curious. Yeah, no, I, I'm not buying that. But I think the the real question I have I think is... You're gonna, if you're going to use in- tracks, you're going to use tracks. Okay. You know? I guess the real question I have is the indoor versus outdoor. Like if you're like playing Hollywood Casino Amphitheater in St. Louis versus playing the pageant. You know, would you use tracks inside or would you use track outside if you had to choose? Well, I mean, look, at the pageant, they're going to be easier to notice than at a big amphitheater like that. True. That's true. I think bands just get married to the idea and they do it. Yeah. I don't think there's a like, well, this time will work and this time we're going to try without it. I think if you're going to use them, you're going to use them. Yeah. And again, I don't, you know necessarily oppose the idea of using them you know i just think that there's a tasteful way to do it and i think there's you know an egregious way of doing it where it's like all right come on man right like i said i you know the that show i was just talking about bad omens played and it's like fuck me these songs are really good but i don't know that that dude sang a lick since they started like i i i can't tell what's real and what's not yeah even the screams like the screams sounded so pristine digital to me. Yeah. Like I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. And the sad part is, is I really like a lot of those songs. So, um, you know, uh, how did we talk about this? New Year's day. Yeah. So they use tracks. Was it, was it, was it egregious? Was it like noticeable? Yes. Yeah, because oh, that's why I got that's what I made me think of. Well, that's they made me think of Post Malone and how nobody said a goddamn word about it. But anyway, right. so you you noticed. Yes, I did. For sure. It was that bad, huh? I mean, the show was good and they may not have been able to put on the show that they did if they no, weren't I mean, if they, they were, were bad. I'm tracks. just saying the tracks were so noticeable. It was that bad to me. Yes. Now, am I been, am I trained am, well. am I looking for that those kinds of things now? Yeah, I I don't know who to blame for that, but God, I ruined you. Dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's all good, but you know, you you brought me a uh, a topic about uh, uh, from a YouTube video about the ten lo- is it the ten longest screams in metal? Oh yeah, did you watch that? I did. So like, a okay. Mice well, the whole reason had, I sent you that. Go ahead. No, no. So the whole reason I sent you that is I follow a guy on Twitter. He's actually a really good follow on Twitter. He's like a, a rock guy. He always just, he like, he, he tweets like every two minutes, but it's always like a music question. But his question today or one that I saw today was who has the best scream in music history. Now my brain immediately went to all of the obscure hardcore punk and metal bands that I listened to. Yeah. I think his brain was like, who has the best like classic rock scream? Like okay. he was thinking Zeppelin and Steven Tyler like gotcha. that. Right. Yeah. And then I started looking at the comments. I'm like, oh yeah, he's well, I was going to quote tweet it and like, be like fucking, you know, somebody was totally random, but like, he was like, oh yeah, I'm thinking like classic rock. So then I was like, well, who are some of the better? I wonder like, and then I just started, I went down a YouTube rabbit hole and just started looking for like best screams and 
rock history, best screams in metal history. But I found the one that I sent you was best live screams, which I think is okay. completely That's, different. Yeah, very true. Very true. You know? Yeah. And immediately when I opened up the list, they had Chester on there. And Chester really does have some of the best fucking live screams. Like that dude. But I'll tell you what, the one on that list is from the song uh, Give It Up. Is it called Give It Up, right? Uh, from Minutes to Midnight. Given, give It All. Given Up. Given Up. Give, given Up. That's yep. right. And then, uh, but I'll tell you what, when they first started, when they were touring on Hybrid Theory, they would open with uh, their set with uh, the song With You. Yeah. And he would do this scream to open up the set. You can actually, my favorite video of all time of, the, of him doing that is from uh, Rock and Ring 2001. And we actually may need to do that before we get out of here. But it's so fun. Like he just, he does this, that he did, he just says the words, come on. And he does his Chester scream and you just see the fucking crowd. Like <laughs> 50,000 people start. Bound. I was like, oh my God. It gives me chills thinking about it. Yeah. We need to watch that. Uh, pull up that list because I think it's interesting to think about live screams versus just, you know, recorded vocals. I didn't watch, I'll be honest with you. I didn't watch the whole video. I watched Chester and I watched, uh, Maybe the color morale guy, but I, I, there are some interesting people on that list. So um, let's see if I can. But so I think what they're gauging is like best live scream is like how fucking long can you hold out the most blood, you know, you know, blood busting like vessel, but blood vessel busting scream, you know. Right. The whole the whole reason I sent you that list is just it it just got me thinking about just obscure. You know, like you said, you think of Chester, which is a good one. Like I said, he's 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 insane with his screams. But I'll tell you what, my favorite might not be the best, but it is to me. Um, my favorite scream is from the band Calico System, St. Louis band or St. Louis bass band, even though they're from Illinois. But um, on the, they have a song called "Love Will Kill All." My favorite thing that he did, and this was a live thing too. I mean, he did the scream on record, but live, he just, he does this, like, there's this like transition part where it's just like this soft guitar, like haunting guitar. And he just screams the words, love will kill all. Okay. So on record, it's really great too. Cause he's a really good screamer. Seems Mark. This is going to sound goofy because he and I are friends, but whatever. I like my friends bands. So I don't give a fuck. But <laughs> when they would do it live, he wouldn't do it into the mic and he would just test himself to see who could actually, I mean, he would just do it without a mic and it would echo throughout clubs and it was the coolest fucking thing. And I remember, and a lot of times, you know, a lot of the shows I would see them at, it's their crowd. They're playing with bands that are like them. But I remember one time for whatever reason, they booked a show with Il Nino at pops, just two completely different bands. Yeah. You know, could they play? I mean, I think ultimately, like when you, on paper, it's like, why would they do that? But then when they got there and they played, like people were into it. But like, and this is already like after Il Nino has kind of like fizzled out from their like Freddie versus Jason fame. Like they're not bringing as many people to shows. And I remember he did it at this show in front of a pops crowd. There was probably like 200 people. And I mean, it just echoed throughout pops. And I just remember hearing people go, holy fucking shit, when he did it. Like, <laughs> People are like, God damn. And it was their first, 
was it their first song or second song they played and uh he won over people just with that one moment wow and you know had people come back from the like up from the bar and from the other side and it's my favorite scream ever I don't care what anyone says. I've always been interested in the placement of those kinds of screams for bands. Like where do you do you do it in the first song or two and get it out of the way? Like if you have one song that you do you have a good scream with or do you wait until the end? But then I think you're taking a chance on that your vocal cords are stressed from the rest of the set that now you may not be able to put it together as as well towards the end. I'm always I'm always curious. Or you could be like the guy I was just talking about where you scream in every song. Yeah. For the majority of the song. <laughs> There's that. Uh, <laughs> this one was so cool is because it's a it's a momentous part vocally, but again, live, he wouldn't do it into the mic, which is fucking crazy that anybody could hear him at these bigger places when there were more people. But it's it's so it's just it was so cool. That's mine. And they're also like, well, from the list that you know. One of the guys, one of the ones that people were saying when that guy tweeted about it was, you know, Steven Tyler and the song Dream On at the end. Yeah. That's a great, great rock and roll scream. But that's like a rock and roll scream. In my mind, is he screaming? Sure. But to me, it's more singing. Yeah, it's definitely different. He's wailing. Yeah. But what we know is screaming now. I think we know of something a little bit different. Yeah. But. Nonetheless, it's fucking, it's powerful. Right. Well, I tell you what, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, it seems like this episode is going to be all music and that's fine. Um, But we should probably talk about the passing of Coolio. Of course. I I haven't seen, have they released what happened? I don't believe so. No, I, the story that I saw is that he was at a friend's house, went to the bathroom, and never returned. And then they found him. Really? You know? Okay. Yeah. He was fifty nine, correct? Yep. Way too early to to lose the guy, but um. So give me uh, as far as Coolio is a topic. Give me. Did you have a favorite song of his? Because I know you posted on social media earlier today or yesterday about it and you know basically said like you showed a picture of the hits you know fantastic voyage and gangster's paradise and stuff like that but you also said you need to go back and listen to all of it yeah well no that was two separate things so i posted yeah no no. i mean i posted a story it was the album cover of it takes a thief um and i posted the song county line which is my favorite song by him um it was just that was a rest in peace uh story post or whatever but you know people have been well the thing that the the whole reason i posted go listen to the other stuff is that he's like number one on the itunes charts right now right so i posted that official story and i said hey for all of you folks who were go ahead is that because of his passing of course. What else would it be? <laughs> I, I, I just, Chris, I, well, I was wondering, has he put out something recently for that? I, oh, no, no, no. it's no, missed no. me yeah. that. No, it's gangsters paradise. It's okay. number one on the iTunes charts. I gotcha. You know? Yeah. Uh, but like my, my post was just simply, you know, for all these people who are buying these. And I said that, look, this is great. But for all these people who are buying these songs just now, why haven't you had like, 
go listen to the rest of the catalog because I know Gangster's Paradise was a huge song. It was a hit. I know Fantastic Voyage was a popular song. He has such a good catalog of fucking, specifically from those two records when he blew up, there are really, really good songs. I mean, songs that I think are better than those two songs on yeah. those records. Right. So I think like you need to go listen to them. Yeah. I said the same thing when DMX died. Like, you know, DMX had a shit ton of hits, but those records, the songs that were not hits, the deep cuts from those records are just, in my mind, he has two of the best albums ever made. And they both came out within like a calendar year, which is the more insane oh, thing about him. Wow. Yeah. His first two records. So yeah, but with Coolio, I mean, I'll say this. I said, I, like I said, I posted it, tweeted it or whatever, but I'll say it now. Go check out the rest of his stuff. You'd really be surprised. Yeah. He's like very under the radar, really good MC that, you know, he's known for the, you know, Gangsta's Paradise, obviously. He's known for, you know, the goofy hair and being Coolio, but like, no, go listen. He's County Line is my favorite song. And that's from his debut record. Which, uh, what, what year was his debut record? 94. 94 okay 94 i don't know if he was yeah. like late 80s into early 90s or if he was just like no well he, he, or... he hit it no no it was 94 and he hit it in the music industry when he was older typically a lot older than most people are when they hit i want to say he was pushing 30 okay well let's see he was so we said he was 59 yep hold on let me go back let's make sure yeah, 59. So in 94, how old would he have been? Oh, math. 22 plus 6, 28. So 28 years ago would have been 94. Yep. It was 28 years ago? Right? Because it's 2022. So yeah. So 22 years, and then you add six yep. more years from six 94 more. to 2000. Yep. So yeah, 28 years ago. Holy crap, that's a long time ago. <laughs> So 28, 59 minus 28. So he was 31 when that CD, when his debut came out. Okay. And then he didn't hit it big. I mean, that was a good record for him, but he didn't hit it big until Gangsta's Paradise, which I think came out a year later. Yeah, a year later. So he was 32. That's what I thought. Yeah, he was 32. Nice. So like in the music industry, that's really late to get successful. So for whatever it's worth. Yeah. He also did the Keenan and Kel theme. He... <laughs> <laughs> that bums me out that you know that and that you felt like you needed to bring that up. Dude, no, I, 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 I watched Keenan and Kel a lot. <laughs> Do you remember when uh, Weird Al did the Gangsta's Paradise cover? Amish Paradise, yep. Do you remember when Coolio was like not, he was like publicly being like, yeah, I'm not cool with that. I don't really appreciate mm-hmm. it. I think he's like making fun of the song. I think it was on Howard Stern actually that he said it. I thought I thought he had to go like he had to talk to each person or each band before he redid a song. Cuz I know there was I know there were several that he tried to reach out to and they were like no, no thanks. So he couldn't actually do it. But maybe he agreed to it and then afterwards was like I'm not really a big fan of this. Why Coolio wrote diss lyrics for Weird Weird Owl, Al, Weird Owl. Why do I always say Owl? Weird Owl during <laughs> Amish one day ago. I feel like I know the answer to this, but are you a Weird Owl fan? No. 
Okay. I mean, it's fine. He's fine. It is what it is. I, you know, whatever. But I'm a fan. No. Have you seen the trailer for the new movie coming out? Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, Harry Potter's playing him, right? <laughs> yes, Harry Potter. Yeah, that's his that's name. That's the guy's name. That guy's <laughs> just going to have to face facts. You're Harry Potter for the rest of your life. So this is, uh, Coolio talked about it later after he kind of came out and said he was not happy with, I don't know, legally speaking or music industry speaking, I don't know if he ever got permission, but uh, Coolio said it was one of the less smart things I've done in my career being that he talked shit about Weird Al, Weird Al and was pissed about it. Shit, he parodied Michael Jackson, he parodied Prince, he parodied all kind of cats that are much more of an artist than I'll ever be, and they didn't say shit. I shouldn't have said shit. It actually made me look kind of stupid and small. I'm not going to say I regret it, but I kind of do. I regret that shit. I should have just let it go. There you go. I mean, you would think that it's not going to hurt your career if you let Weird Al do a parody. It may even help it because people may be interested in going back to the original song and seeing what it, you know, like. I mean, then, yeah. Then it definitely helped, yeah. Yeah. I want to say that Nirvana was not very excited about him parody covering them either. Yeah, I know there, I know there were several. Like there's, there's stories about him reaching out to several different people that were like, no, no, thanks. We're, we're good. What are some of the biggest ones? So there's the gangsters paradise one. There's smells like Nirvana. They did the Michael Jackson. Was it on fat? Yes, he did that. Um, one of the more newer ones was the, um, white and nerdy instead of riding dirty. Yes. Which who, who was familiar and fucking, who, who did, who, who did riding dirty? Chameleonaire. Chameleonaire, that's right. I was thinking Young Jeezy for some reason. Close. God bless you for even knowing that name. <laughs> and I feel like that's a safe place to end this show. I'm going to let you, let's let you end on a win. I can't, okay, are you being serious or are you being sarcastic? Yeah, I'm being 100% serious. <laughs> Dude, I like Young Jeezy. He's the proudest moment of my life. Oh, wow. And I have a kid. <laughs> What's your favorite Young Jeezy song? It would be it would be a hit one of the big ones, but I don't remember. All right, give well, me well. What was give me give me like one of the big hits? No, I refuse because you, you don't said, know because you don't know. You said, I'm not a Young Jeezy fan. Oh, you're not? Okay, no, not really. I mean, I've seen them live too. I'm not not the oh, biggest really? fan. Oh, uh, really? Okay, yeah. hang on, I gotta look it up before we get out of here. Put on. Oh yeah, I know that. What is it? Put on? Put on, yeah. Is that put I put on for my city, that song? Yep. Okay, yeah, yeah. That that might be He also he also did a lot of songs with other people too. Oh yeah, he is remember that notorious s- for being on everyone's song. You remember that song Soul Survivor with Akon? Yeah, that was the one I was Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Akon. Man, what happened? All to there, him? way too gone, me okay, tear it up, seen it all. Ain't gonna hold you. What happened to Akon? Does he still put out music? He, knows. he had a I very unique voice. I'll give him that. Well, <laughs> one way of putting it. I'm trying to see what Jeezy's like best selling songs are, but this is not. I don't care. Anyway, <laughs> good for you. Yeah. I'm glad you like him. Yeah. Okay. Glad you don't, I guess. 
I mean, I don't dislike them. I've just, I never really got into them that much. Gotcha. Yeah. I was more when he was pop, like when he was popular, I think at that time, I was probably listening to more like party, party hip hop, like Wiz Khalifa and shit like that. Like I was in a more of like Kid Cudi for sure. Yeah. Wiz Khalifa, Kid Cudi. Yeah. yeah. I was Jeezy. I mean, it was fine. It was cool. If it came on, I, you know, it's fine. I wouldn't turn it off, but I, you know, I didn't, wasn't like a thing for me. Gotcha. Was that, the, uh, was maybe that, I should was go that, back. Was that maybe around? Maybe I should go back. Jaquan was newer than that, right? Newer than Young Jeezy? Yeah. When did, uh, what was, what's the song? Tipsy. When did Tipsy come out? Oh, Jesus. I feel like I, I feel like I was like a freshman or something, maybe. What does that mean to me? <laughs> I don't know. What? <laughs> so you were a freshman. I was 46 years old. Uh, when did you say so when you wanted to know Tipsy came out in 2004? So that would have been before I, I was a saw so, I was a sophomore then. Okay. Yeah, that would have been before Jeezy, uh, I want to say. Mm, I don't know about that. Maybe around, that? maybe around the same time. Because we're talking about around the same time as like Chingy would be blowing up too. No, because dude, right? Put On didn't come out until 2009. Oh, really? Man. Yeah. I mean, he had a record that came out in 2006. Yeah, no, I, that Jaquan song was so... Jeezy didn't even release his first record until 2005. So, I mean, okay. it's a year after. That's okay. close, but okay. I think when Jeezy was blowing up, it was four years, five years later. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah wasn't that around the same time as like Chingy was blowing up too? Chingy that... was way before Jeezy. Way before? Yeah. Because when Chingy was Chingy, I was, uh, he used to come into my store when I worked in retail. Oh, really? Well, mm -hmm. so what was the, I mean, what year did that first record come out? Like, well, I don't know if that was Ooh, the first Chingy. record. Maybe that wasn't the first record. It had right. Are you there. talking about the "I like the way you do that" right there? Yeah, right I mean, there. That was that was so long ago. Dude. Was it really? Twenty years ago, easily. Okay. Well, I mean, that would have been oh two, if it was twenty years also, ago. Are we the two whitest people yes, on earth? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm thinking about like when Holiday Inn came out, because that was on that record too. I think right. So Jackpot, which is the record that song would have been on, came out in yeah. 2003. Oh, three. Okay. So uh, it was around pretty close to the same time, like within a year As or two what? of all that, of Jaquan and of oh, yeah. Jeezy's first Jeezy record still. and stuff. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There, there's a good, there's a song on there that I like that um, had Jason Weaver on it. Well, I can't remember what the song's called. Do you know who Jason Weaver is? Tell me who that is. Well, he was—he was an actor when he was younger. He was on the show Smart Guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyways, I—I I can't try, trying to think what the song is called. Which record are you saying this was on? It was on Jackpot. Yeah, yep. I'm not seeing him listed here. Mm, I know. I'm pretty sure it was on. Oh, there. Jay. He was called Jay Weave. One Jay call Weave. away. That's it. Yep. I have no idea what that is. 
Yeah, he made a music video for it and stuff too. Jason Michael Weaver is an American actor and singer best known for his roles as Marcus Henderson on the WB sitcom Smart Guy. See, look at me knowing stuff that you don't care about. (laughs) Tons of stuff I don't care about. Damn. He was actually, well, uh, well, he was, he was in that show with, uh, what, uh, he was Mo on the show, but what he, he became a rapper after that too. Um, are we still talking about the same guy? No. Well, no, another guy on that show. On what? Smart guy? Yeah. Jesus Christ. You're making me look up the cast of smart just, guy. Is that what And we're then we'll right get now? out of here. Just find, just okay. find out what, cause you may, you may know him as a, as a hip hop artist. I don't know. His name was Mo on the show. Yeah. Oh, Omar Gooding. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Which I know he's had it's a lot Cuba's, better. It's Cuba's little brother. Is that really? Yeah. I had no idea. That is not his yeah, little yeah, yeah. brother. Yeah, it is. <laughs> no, it's I mean, Cuba I, I mean, I mean, brother. physically, he is much bigger oh, than yeah. Cuba Gooding he's Jr. He's a big guy. He's a big guy. <laughs> I had no idea yeah. that was his brother. I guess Morris I should have thought. Morris L. Mo Tibbs, played by Omar Gooding. Yeah. Yep. Well, <laughs> I think smart guy is a great place for me to go. <laughs> Have diarrhea. All right, cool. <laughs> but before we go, uh, you know, I just want to say, I want to wish a speedy recovery to Tua Tagovailoa yeah. of the Miami Dolphins. Absolutely. That was a brutal, brutal, brutal scene. Yeah. You know, you and I watch fighting a lot. We see guys get knocked out cold. We see them go stiff. It's for some reason when it happens on a football field, you just, I react to it. I don't know if you're the same way. I react to it differently. I just, I was watching that live last night and I was like, like my body shut down. I was like, what Dude, the it, fuck? It's scary. And last week there was, I think it was the Giants game that I was watching. And I think based off of camera views and stuff, they, you could clearly see it happen, but they didn't say anything about it or do anything about it. Yeah. One of the guys got hit in the end zone and he got hit in the helmet and then his helmet bounced off the ground and he was laying there for like two seconds, but he had, I think he had caught the ball for a touchdown and three of the guys from the team ran over and grabbed him and picked him up and he was just limp. But then the camera cut away from it immediately and then they were kept showing the replay of it, but, but it was weird because nobody was saying anything about the fact that he just went limp on the field because he got his head hit twice. But I think it was, they were able to get away without saying anything about it because the, the guys on his team picked him up so fast and you couldn't really see that he was limp. But I was like, that guy is not good right now. Like they need to be taking him back for concussion protocol immediately. Um, but yeah, so same thing with two. I know there's conspiracy around it too, because apparently he got hit last week as well last week was bad i mean he fell he got knocked back and he hit his head on the turf and a lot of people he are got saying up that he and sh- then stumbled and a lot of people are saying is, that he shouldn't have got back out there and played that soon but i don't know what concussion protocol looks like and i, I would think that he went through the right well look here's my conspiracy theory he wanted to finish that game yeah i feel like that guy specifically feels like he has a lot to prove and I feel like he wants to shut a lot of people up. A lot of the media members, a lot of the people saying he's not an elite quarterback. He's not the guy for the Dolphins. I think he he will, I think he feels he has something to prove. And I think he wanted to finish that game because it's a huge game. They're playing arguably 
the best team in the AFC. Everybody's Super Bowl pick. I think he wanted to prove something. But it's the Miami Dolphins' job to protect him from himself in that situation. That's very true. That's my conspiracy theory. I don't think it's been stated that Tua was like, no, no, no. I know Tua said, no, it's my neck and my back. It's not my head. Well, how the fuck do you know, man? If you were knocked unconscious for a second, you don't know. Yeah. Yo, your neck and back are sore because you've been playing football for fucking four quarters. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. But like, I'm not... uh, I'm not saying anything negative about Tua. You want to play, I'm good, you know? Yeah. But a lot of guys want to play hero ball. And it's the team's responsibility to stop them from doing that. But some teams will go, yeah, we'll let you. You know? The 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 play last night, when you play football, you kind of learn how to protect yourself when you get hit. When you get, you know, you learn how to take a hit so that you don't hit your head. Quarterbacks are a little bit different because they're the playmakers. They're trying to elude um, the – they're trying to get away from the interference. They're trying to avoid the hit. Well, with Tua last night, he got spun around, but you can see it if you watch the replay. There was a split second where he thought, I'm going to throw the ball. So what it did was it brought his throwing hand up and it kind of made him defenseless for that hit, meaning his head hitting the, the, the turf. Mm-hmm. Whereas he had, he had he not trying to throw the ball, and again, this is just me armchair quarterbacking the situation, but had he not thought about throwing that ball, he could have kept his arm here, and perhaps this shoulder would have softened the blow a little. It would have sucked regardless. Yeah. But you could see, like he tried to do last week, like he – is going to continue to try to do. He's trying to be the hero a little bit. He thought maybe I could get a throw off here, which a lot of quarterbacks, that's their instinct. You know, can I get a pass off right before I get sacked before I get tackled? But in that situation, a lot of quarterbacks know I'm just going to take the sack and I'm going to try not to get hurt. Right. Now he had a 300 pound monster throwing him to the ground. So who knows if he, if he could even have done anything, but, you know, that, know, it's it's weird too. You mentioned like that we watch fights a lot and stuff, which is very true. And we've seen guys get knocked dead and then get medically suspended for a while. You know, Six you don't, weeks. you know, yeah, and you don't see that in football. Like, you know, a guy can get knocked no. dead and then they can pass concussion protocol and whatever and be back to play the next week as long as everything's good. I don't know that that's the right way to look at it, but. You know, I think Ro- I think Rogan has mentioned it before uh, when talking about football, but how like guys who are on the line that are just every play, it's just bashing yourself into another guy. Like that's your job is to just bash yourself into another guy. Those helmets are keeping you from being able to get hit in the head, but they're not keeping like they're not keeping your brain from being able to jar back and forth inside your head. But they're also making you hit people harder. Yeah, right. They are. <laughs> they it are. sounds dumb. No, they are. They you're are. right. You're right. Because if you're not wearing a helmet, you don't go head first into anyone. Right. Some crazy guys do. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, no, he got knocked dead. Like if that happens to him in the octagon, he's you're not going to see him fight for a year. Right. Could he come back before a year's time? Sure. But he's going to be medically suspended for, at the very least, six weeks. Right. 
And then it's very unlikely that the UFC or whatever organization books him a fight if he get knocked dead like that. So, I don't know. Anyway, speedy recovery. Absolutely. All the conspiracies. And, you know, again, my conspiracy is just that I think the guy wants to win. I think he's a gamer. I think he's a badass. I think he wants to prove people that prove to people that he's elite. I think he wants to prove to people that he can take the Dolphins to the Super Bowl. I think that's he's a competitive guy. Yeah. That's my conspiracy. So why was he in the game last night? Because he wanted to be there. That's my opinion. Right. That's my conspiracy. Right. The only so, the only thing is what you said earlier is that the team is still supposed to be there. The staff is still supposed to be there, there to, to save them, them from themselves if correct if there is an issue. So I don't I don't know. Correct. But. So well, let's get out of here, man. All right. Sounds good. And I was straight